Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. All right, we continue. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, last hour, you know, we talked about the fast food restaurants and their rankings of them. And uh, Sonic came up, and I told the story of how it was very exciting when Sonic opened in Globe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it was the go-to place. So then I thought, you know what? What's going on in Globe right now? What's what's new 60 miles east of Phoenix in Globe, Arizona? Let me tell you one of the things you have to see when you go to Globe. Shop at shop the Southwest at Pickle Barrel Trading Post. That's one of the highlights. Pickle Barrel Trading Post. Yeah, that's one of the highlights. The trading post? Yep, that's what it says. One of the highlights is the Pickle Barrel Trading Post. Uh, it is packed with beautiful displays of turquoise jewelry, Native American woven baskets, Southwest-themed foods, vintage collectibles, and colorful blankets. So that's right on the list. You want to hit that. Nice, nice. Uh, if you go to Globe, you could lunch on authentic Mexican cuisine, El Ranchito, Los Robertos Mexican food, La Luz del Dia. Okay. Also, you can drive the Salt River Canyon scenic route. There are no guardrails. Do not take that road. Uh, you can step into prehistoric times in Globe, Arizona, if you're interested. You can take in the local art scene at the Cobra Valley Center for the Arts, which was not there when I was there. And uh, number one on the list, you have the ability to walk the historic downtown. So that's Globe, Arizona. Nice. How have you, you ever been a- to... Uh- Go ahead, Kevin. No, I was just saying, like, how do you take a walk into prehistoric times exactly? No, this was the like, historic, not prehistoric. Oh, okay. I was about to say, are you getting into like a sword fight with a brontosaurus yeah. or something? Like, how does that? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, have any guys ever been to medieval times? It's I been a not. long time. I have. Yes, I have. It's been years. I remember I went to, I loved medieval times back when I first went. I thought that was the best idea in the world. Was that a restaurant? It's like a castle. They, they, they recreate challenges in in, in battles yeah, like it's basically joust. the red food team and, and the green team yeah. is food entertainment yeah the joust battles joust sword, battles. Sword, fights. Yeah. sword fights it's like you're in medi- medieval times they're still around right in Buena Park, yeah it's still it's still, still around yeah do, do they ride horses yes absolutely yes sand on the floor and everything do they when they joust i mean really take somebody out really yeah joust? they do absolutely guy yeah. falls off the horse and everything yeah you think it's staged I don't think it's uh, stayed. I mean, there, nobody gets like legitimately hurt. hurt but I think they real. Com- I think they really compete. Yeah, they though. compete. Yeah. yeah, there's safeguards in place. That there's like a, a red team, off. a yellow team, a blue team. Yeah, I do team. believe they rehearse, Fred. So yeah, they oh, rehearse yeah. it for sure for safety purposes. But yeah, yeah. they're not. You know, back yeah. in old, back in actual medieval times, people were like, you know, die. It's yeah. not what's happening out here. Exactly, Fred. Out here, they, Fred. They're not dying. Okay. Although, so I went, and then I went like 20 years later. It was not the same thing. Oh really? Fell off, huh? So, uh, <laughs> fell off a lot. Or fell off a lot. Or, but I loved the the food that you know you ooh, ate good. like you were in in uh, in those times as well, Fred. So you eat with your hands, mm-hmm. and you have Cornish hens. So you're eating the Cornish hens and food and just you know, big mugs of more wine. <laughs> oh, and yeah, yeah, you sloppy eating. And you know, it's been a while since I've been there. I don't know if you can actually 
in these days still call the waitresses what they, they call them over Witch. there? Yeah, winches. Yeah, yeah. Hey, winch. Come on over here, hey, winch. Fuck some winch. I need some ale. <laughs> you, you wouldn't talk like that when you were there. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, they do. They, they encourage you to do that. They, they encourage you. Yes. Yeah, you get into it. Come over Absolutely. here, wench. I need some more ale. I think the server, too, when they come over, this is your wench, Nancy. She will be yes. taking care of you this evening. Uh-huh. That's the truth. Really? Yeah. I've never been to that. Uh, have you ever been to Tombstone in Arizona, Fred? Tombstone, Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. I've been to uh, Claypool. Claypool. Strut Old Tucson? Marin. Old Tucson, where you used to shoot all the John Wayne movies? I have not been there. I think less yeah. Claypools from there, Fred. Is that right? <laughs> Les Claypool is from Claypool? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> sounded convinced, Fred. Yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. yeah, yeah no. Yeah, Ronnie, yeah. Take Not it. Mario, he might know. Keep that no. to yourself. I'm, whoa, whoa. No, I don't think Mario will know. If Les Claypool is from Claypool. All right, let's have some spirituality. We've, we've got, we need it. We need to connect. And to provide that, there is only one man. Vic the Brick. With the daily haiku at two. And Vic, good afternoon. He's the mayor of Globe, Arizona, and he's loving this new cockamamie NBA cup. Wow, well, he's on the chaos. It's Fred Rogan. Hello, Vic. He's Cavellan for his sixth ranked Trojans. A Rodney Pete. It's only a number right now, Vic. It's only a number. Providing tranquility through all the tumult. Oh, Kevin Figgis, yeah, come on now. The tumult. The tumult. And his musica brings us pure joy. Todos los dias. We're calling in from the desert, y'all. It's King Flavor. Uh, Vic, can I ask you something? Of course, Fred. All right. So the other day we talked about the fact that uh, in Whittier, there seems to be uh, an inordinate number of power outages and cable outages. Now, this was just the other day. You endured that. You went through that. But you survived it. And uh, the power came back on and you were ready to go. Vic, it is two days later and the power is off again. Can you please explain this? This is a spectrum issue. There's no, electricity is on. The spectrum is off throughout the, throughout the neighborhoods in Whittier. They're working on the problem. Went out a few hours ago, so, you know, Internet is out. And all forms of spectrum out. Okay. Uh, they're still working on the issues. But that being said, that being said, this happens a lot there, Vic. Well, it's been a, a rash of, uh, of screw-ups, no doubt. Can't control it, Fred. You know, it's part of the, uh, the technology snafus. Are you saying something, there's some foul play going on, Fred? What are you, I'm what saying are you there's foul play. to Vic? I'm, well, I'm saying there's foul play. Are you, insi- are, are you insinuating, Fred, there is foul play, like Rodney, Rodney says? Yes, I am, Vic, because this doesn't happen at my house. It goes on all the time at your house. And you know my philosophy, Vic. You know my philosophy. What's that? If What's your, that? If your cable goes out, you should be refunded. 
They're going to make you pay oh, no even if you can't see it. Well, you're paying to see it. You should get money back. You should get a How free much? Month. How much? What if it's only out for an hour? One free month. Ha! <laughs> One free month. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Nobody pays this month. You inconvenience Whether me. it's out 30 seconds or 60 minutes, you get a free month. You know what? Here's the rule. Anything more than 61 minutes, that's it. Free month. I'd say especially now. People are working from home. Situations pop mm-hmm. up. Got to have yeah, it. No doubt. It's an, it's an essential. Right. That's very fair, Fred. Thank you, Vic. Because you're meeting you know, out the you, justice. Meeting you, out justice. That's, yeah, because that's key. You know a, a company like Spectrum or Comcast, the major, the major cable providers across the country, they don't make their money from cable. They make their money from broadband internet. It's essential. If that goes out, there should be a penalty attached, Vic. Fred, I, I like the way you think. You're thinking, you know, out of the out of the out of the linear box. Yes, and that's key. I will I will work on that once once we get the power on. I will definitely connect with the company and let them know what's happening. You let them know. And ask for, comp- ask for compensation. You should. No, it's it's a horrific it's a horrific problem. You know, causing me a lot of anguish, and all the, all, all the families a lot of anguish who are you know connected to the internet. But no doubt, oh, no. I'll tell you, no anguish. Your first place, Los Angeles Dodgers. No anguish. No anguish. Only ecstasy. Oh baby. And straight, lead the hated ones by 10 cofactors in the NOS. And suddenly, Mickey Rojas has become Mickey Babe Rojas, another home run, his third home run, <laughs> and rocking those green shoes, man. And who burglarized his Lamborghini in the parking lot? Who burglarized Mickey, Mickey Rose's Lamborghini, man? Yeah, that's bad. Those pick. bums, son of a That's horrible. Crazy kids. Oh, wait a second. Did you hear that? Freddie Freeman hit another double. Hey! 45 doubles, y'all. Leads the galaxy. And doubles. Give it up CT3. Chris Taylor went deep last night. Great to see Chris Taylor unleashing. Yes. Number yes. 13. Gonna need him. Gonna need him. Need that offense. Come on, Chris Taylor. Got to get him going. The top baby. of the lineup. The top of the lineup last night. This was this was so wild. Betts, Freddie, Will Smith, they combined for nine hits. Mookie scores four times. I mean, it's every game is just, you know, different dudes are stepping up. You know, different heroes. Total Los Noches. Give it up for Kirsch. You know, five solid. You know, not a great start. He got... Hit up with a lot, a lot of line drives, but there was some sensational defense last night from the Dodgers. You know, Mookie, Freddie Freeman, you know, bailed out uh, Kirsch, but he even says, better to be lucky than good. And Kirsch, man, you're telling me, but just a second start after coming back from the bad shoulder. You got to be, you got to be blissed out for Kirsch. I mean, tenacious D by the Dodgers. It's so overlooked. You know, the simple plays, 
that the Dodgers make every night. I mean, you know, we focus on the hitting. You know, the bullpen has been lights out. But, you know, they make the simple plays. And that's key. Anything hit the shortstop, you know, Niggy Rose got it. Anything hit, the, you know, to the right side, you know, there's Freddie Freeman, you know, spearing it. You know, Muncie at third. The outfield is crazy, you know, with Altman in center. Plus Mookie, insane gold glove in right. You know, Peralta in left, Chris Taylor. I mean, I love when the Azul make the simple plays. And that just leads, you know, to to the the assault offensively. And how about the bullpen? Can can someone tell me who Gus Valland is? They bring him up, twenty six year old lefty, two scoreless innings. You know, Milwaukee is no chop liver more than Menudo, fellas. No, you're right. Gus Valland comes up, a twenty six year old lefty, right? Comes in for uh, Bazooka. Bajir was fantastic. And and there comes Holland. So 73 and 46. These numbers are so prolific and wonderful, aren't they, for the Dodgers? 27 over 500. 40 and 20 at the Ravine. That's tied for the best record in the NL with the Braves. And Korean Heritage Night, Noche at the stadium. Anderson Park from Silk Sonic. You know, his mom's from South Korea. Part of the great band. Silk Sonic. Anderson Park. He's throwing out the ceremonial first pitch tonight. Lance Lynn will throw for the Sensei Dave Roberts. Fellas at Dodgers, they just make... I'm Camilla. Wow. I'm Camilla for the Dodgers. Wow. No, no, Vic. You got to hold your thought. Hold your thought. We want to get to it. Uh, we got to talk about charging when we come back, and then we're going to get back to you, okay? I'm feeling you. All right. Yeah, let's keep it moving before he was, uh, unfortunately, cut off. We'll get back to him. Got to get him back going. No, we'll yes. get, Rodney, we'll get Gotta back to Fred him. Fred Rogan, Victor Brick Jacobs. And we're going to yes. get, we'll get back. We, we will get back to him because now we've got to do something else. Thanks a lot, Fred. Well, no, I'm sorry. I mean, what Vic has to say is important, but we want to make sure everybody stays around to hear it because I think it's going to be the most impactful statement made during this entire show. But earlier we talked about chargering and what that meant. Well, what it means is we need to talk about the chargers. And for that, we bring on our insider, Isaac Lowenkron. And Isaac, thanks for jumping on. Fred, all day long. People have been saying to me that there is a certain glow about me today, and they ask, is it something like a, a new skincare routine, perhaps? And I tell them, no, it's because I'm going on with Rogan and Rodney. Yeah, because we're killing it. I, re- I rode up the elevator this morning with Don Martin, Rodney. Oh, you did? Yeah, you know what he said to me? What did Don say to you, Fred? <laughs> you guys are killing it. He told me that in the elevator this morning. I'm serious. So there, that's why the glow has extended to me. It's resonating from the two of you. So so give yourselves a pat on the back. And, and All right, we'll enough of this gushy, gushy, gosh, gosh. Let's go. All right, Isaac. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Rodney and I talked about Chargering, the article that was written, Chargering. When you hear that, what do you think? I think Jacksonville. <laughs> I think I think the Raiders in uh, in Week 18 in 2021. And look, let's face it; those types of articles 
are going to continue to get written until they do something about it and make a deep run into the playoffs because it's one thing to, you know, not win a Super Bowl as other teams have, but, you know, dating back to 2005, 2006, 2008, 2010, to have just crushing ways that you lose uh, in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, even late in the regular season. Yeah, it's going to continue to be an adjective or an adverb until they change it with their results on the field in the postseason. Yeah, and how much, Isaac, do you think that last year's playoff loss and the way they lost it will have any kind of effects on this team this year? I don't think it will have an effect during the regular season because just just observing them now, it's only really seemingly an issue unless it's brought up to them. Uh, when it's going to really perhaps manifest itself in the psyche of a football team on the field is if they're in a situation, should they advance to the playoffs, if their season is on the line, if it's a last-minute sequence when any little mistake, a, a, a false start penalty, any on-the-fly decision can cost you your entire season, uh, an untimely personal foul penalty perhaps, that's the time that they need to prepare that they're totally locked up from, from a mental standpoint and a composure standpoint where something like this just does not happen again because it's going to be, it's going to be brought up should they make the, the, the postseason this year. Uh, and they know it's going to be brought up. Well, the problem is a lot of the wounds that they suffered were self-inflicted. That's the problem. And a lot of them, you point it right at Brandon Stanley. I mean, with all due respect, he's made some crazy calls. When I look back at what happened two years ago, and and Rodney and I, it, it was such a big thing that Rodney and I were at each other's throats about this two years ago, about the timeout that Brandon Staley called. I didn't think it was a big deal. Rodney did. Um, we, we went about 15 rounds. I think Rodney did knock me out with a, a well-timed verbal uppercut with your left hand, if I'm not correct, Rodney, if yeah, I'm not it mistaken. It was the left, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know we eventually uh, we eventually settled out of court, and you know it's all uh, water under the bridge. But you know, last year it was a number of different things. I mean, as as you recall, you know Joey Bosa who was a four time uh, Pro Bowler. He had three crucial penalties in the second half at Jacksonville, including two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Uh, the one place kick that Cameron Dicker missed all season came in the Jacksonville game, uh, and he made a fifty yarder in that same game. But I think. The biggest under-the-radar thing, guys, about Jacksonville last year was when they had the big lead in the second half, they could not protect it by running the ball effectively. Their running backs in the second half last year at Jacksonville had seven carries for seven yards, and that's one of the biggest areas of improvement that they're going to need this year under their new um, highly regarded offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. It's not so much Justin Herbert in the passing game, even though there can be improvements there, but it's the running game. And that's why it was so promising. And I'll preface this by saying, yes, I know it was just the first preseason game against the Rams, but it was so promising to see the way that they ran the ball 
against the Rams. They had a couple of explosive runs, obviously, including um, a 71-yard touchdown by Isaiah Spiller that was taken off the board. But even if you take away those runs, they're still averaging like five or six yards per carry in that game. So that is something that we're going to look at very closely during the course of the regular season and in the playoffs should they make it there. Yeah, stay with that, Isaac. Uh, Talk about Kellen Moore and his effect. How much can you see or can you tell – um, the effect that he's had on this offense already. I know you mentioned, you know, the run game and and, and what he brings because that was kind of at the forefront of what Dallas tried to do when he was there. Um, do you see already a, a change in our players buying in? I absolutely did, and it wasn't so much the results, even that, even though the results were pretty good, it was the philosophy and the intent and the commitment to the running game. So yeah, Elijah Dotson had touchdown runs of 37 yards and 40 yards. As I mentioned, Spiller had a 71 yard touchdown run that was nullified because of a penalty. But even if you throw the explosive plays away, what I loved was the consistency of the running game, which is something that was absent last year. And it's something that goes a long way towards protecting a lead. If you're able to run the ball effectively, because you know, Joshua Kelly averaged six yards a carry Isaiah Spiller averaged five yards a carry and there was a a sequence in the first half where they ran the ball down the Rams throats on basically on on seven consecutive snaps and I honestly offhand if memory serves me only remember one game last year during the regular season where you could say that the Chargers were running the ball so effectively that they ran it seven straight times and that was it so that was a very optimistic sign uh there were a couple of new wrinkles with 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 the blocking but largely it was the commitment to the running game particularly on first and second down because uh the running game struggled in general last year i mean they were 30th in the league in both yards per game but for me more importantly in yards per carry But what we saw this time around was a bigger commitment to the running game in general, but also more success on first and second downs. And talking of the running game, how's Austin Eckler? Uh, Look, we won't see him on the the preseason field until opening day. But, you know, the the Austin Eckler thing, as you know, you know, during the summer, that trade request, you know, kind of came out of the blue. And and I absolutely – and we've talked about it before – We understand where he's coming from, but it resolved itself rather quietly compared to other situations, as you guys know, uh, in the NFL, particularly with um, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders and and Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. So it wasn't a great situation, but it it could have been a lot worse. And to both sides' credit, you know, they settled on up to $1.75 million in incentives, uh, and that went away rather quietly. I I will make this point. This sounds totally counterintuitive. But Austin Eckler set a franchise record with 107 receptions this year. I think if he has under 100 receptions, the better it's going to be for the Chargers. Because I felt that Austin Eckler, and this is you know through no fault of his own, he was basically you know just a, an outlet valve when they didn't have anything in the passing game or they weren't running the ball effectively. I actually think the fewer, generally speaking, he has targeted this season as a pass catcher, the better it's going to be for that overall Chargers offense. No, I hear you. I hear you right away. Um Talk about uh, an, an, another young guy, uh, Isaac and Quentin Johnston. I know uh, out of TCU, I know they got big hopes for him. Um, how has he looked so far? I know there were some questions with him coming in about 
about some drop passes and things like that. But how has he looked? Yeah, I think everybody on social media freaked out when he was targeted five times and had just two receptions out of those five targets. And to the Chargers' credit, I think they did a very astute thing for his own confidence. Uh, it, it, uh, he was out of the game, and it looked like he was going to be done for the game uh, for the rest of the night at that point, just because, you know, that's how it goes in, in, in the preseason. Uh, but late in the second quarter, they had a two-minute drill opportunity, and Easton Stick did a great job. He led him 75 yards in 91 seconds. And even though for all intents and purposes, he was uh, Quentin Johnston was done for the night, down around the goal line, they put him in the game, and he winds up catching an eight-yard touchdown reception with 17 seconds left. So that does wonders for his individual confidence. And let's face it, it, it does wonders for the narrative about him on social media. Because instead of uh, you know people saying, "Oh my gosh, what's happening? Uh, five targets, but just two receptions," you know, the the last image you see of him is you know catching a key touchdown pass late in a half with 17 seconds left and catching it might I add with his right shoe untied uh you know I I can barely you know I I can barely step off an escalator without tripping you know this guy's in there catching a touchdown pass in the NFL uh with his right shoe untied so that was certainly the right note to end his first preseason game on Isaac we appreciate the information and we appreciate you jumping on and I appreciate the glow thank you guys Well, our mission is accomplished. Yes. Isaac is glowing. Get to the bottom of that, Fred. All right, we'll get to the bottom of the haiku next. Come on. Come on, Ronnie. Come on, Ronnie. Yeah. Throwback Thursday for y'all. Ronnie P. Fred Rogan. Let's bring him all the way back. Where is he? Where is he, Fred? He's right here. Vic, welcome back for the haiku. What a tremendous... Volts update from Isaac Lowenkron, by the way. Yes. I'm pumped for this running game. Again, the, the Kellen Moore addition is going to be dramatic and beautiful for the for the Bolts. But what's been beautiful is this month of August for the Dodgers. Fellas, yeah. I, I am so joyous. Joyous. You know, just listening to this team and AM five seventy LA Sports every night, you know, providing such incredible glory and thrills at Chavez Ravine. Are you with me on this? I mean, okay, you go down one nothing, two nothing. It's like, okay, that's fine. The offense is going to take care of business. The Dodgers is going to take care of business. You know, one through nine, you know, every, every at-bat's been quality. Every at-bat's been, you know, sensational, working the count, you know, exhausting the pitcher. And eventually, they're going to score runs. And it all leads us back to the haiku, Vic. It certainly does. I'm going, you know, to one of the one of the guys on the Mount Rushmore. You guys been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, by the way? Well, what would they do with the haiku up there? I have not, Vic. It'd be a picture of Bosch of Basho. Ah. If you were doing a haiku Mount Rushmore, Basho would be prominent. And this haiku for you. On this Thursday, August the 17th, from Basho. Behind Issei Shrine, unseen, hidden by the fence, Buddha sees Nirvana. 
Well worth Huda. the wait. Huda sees Nirvana. Well worth the wait, Vic. Well done. Ronnie, thank you. Great job. Kevin, appreciate it. And Rodney will wrap it up tomorrow. Yes, sir.